0: Fish fingers and beans. Again. It wasn't that Dolan didn't like fish fingers and beans. Until recently, they'd been a firm favourite. Until recently. Now they were served up twice a day, every day, until Dolan had grown heartily sick of them. Dolan was of that age, somewhere between nine and thirteen, where everything's either hugely interesting or utterly boring. Or both. The only relief, for reasons which shall be made clear very shortly, came at breakfast time, when Dolan had the run of the kitchen and could, given enough time, create a meal fit to start a King's Day. Unfortunately, the tootling of the school bus horn tended to cut these great occasions short. But among Dolan's more memorable successes had been sardines, tomatoes and fried apple slices, on toast, cheese and golden syrup sandwiches, Noodle soup, into which Dolan had dropped chunks of his father's hamburgers and chopped up bits of celery. A wonderful creation made of a large pile of mashed potatoes, thoroughly mixed up with pieces of grilled bacon, some garlic and lots of finely chopped raw onion. Dolan's teacher had kept her distance for the whole of that day, and some of the next. And only this morning, perhaps Dolan's masterpiece so far. A huge, buttered, crusty roll stuffed with sausages, chips, tin tuna fish – Dolan had to make the best of what was available – and pickled gherkins, all drenched in a large splodge of tomato ketchup. Ah, to think of it. And now the eternal, indestructible fish fingers and beans, gazing implacably up at Dolan from the greasy plate. Dolan had never been able to work out where fish fingers actually came from. All the pictures in the books at school showed fish with fins. No fingers. And no toes, for that matter. Oh, and those reasons which were to be made clear very shortly? Well, here they are. Or rather, here it is. Mum and Dad. They were always asleep. Except, of course, when they were doing a bit of work. Dad went off, while it was still dark, in a bad temper, every morning. He was something in the city cleansing department, I think, and showed up again, round about tea time, looking sleepy and smelling of places with names like The Red Lion and The Pig and Whistle, that Dolan passed on weekend shopping errands with Mum. Dad would then chew his customary way through three or four hamburgers. He had complained the other day that there were only two. That had been the noodle soup day. Mum had just shrugged. Why were they both so tired, all of the time? and then they'd doze off during the six o'clock news on the telly. Dad would awaken at odd intervals during the evening, open a can of something called pale ale and drink it, which made him smell even more like the red lion and the pig and whistle. And this puzzled Dolan, as the pale ale seemed to turn Dad's face red and not paler. Dear old Mum, meanwhile, rolled out of bed sometime, usually a long time after Dolan had hopped on the bus and gone to school. And here's the secret. Sometimes Mum would stay in bed until nearly lunchtime. But eventually, as we've learnt, she would roll out of bed, wash her face, brush her long, pretty hair, put her coat on and her teeth in, and toddle down to the corner shop for a new consignment of fish fingers and beans. And lots of tins of a thing called extra stout, another source of puzzlement to Dolan, because no matter how many tins of extra stout she drank, Mum always remained quite slim. Mum would then prepare Dolan's lunch of fish, fingers and beans, which didn't take much preparing, before settling down for her midday rest, which consisted of taking two glasses, putting a tin of extra stout into one, and water and her teeth into the other. And so it was that Dolan would have found her, the fish fingers warming gently under the grill, the baked beans bubbling gently in the pan, the teeth smiling in a friendly fashion from the glass, or he would have found her, had not Dolan been kept late at school on that particular afternoon, due to a difference of opinion between Dolan and teacher as to who had scrawled a very rude word, which actually described teacher rather accurately, on the board while she was out of the classroom for a moment. Dolan had not told on the giggling friend who'd actually done it, and so had simmered furiously for an hour in the classroom, until huffily dismissed by teacher and, having missed the school bus, had trudged wearily home to dry fish fingers, burnt beans, dozing dad, snoring mum, and her teeth grinning at the unwatched telly. Dolan looked down at the dry dinner. Suddenly, it was all too much. Dolan had had enough. Enough of fish fingers and beans, week in, week out. Those fish didn't seem likely to run out of fingers any time soon, and the supply of beans seemed unstoppable. What to do? Only one thing. Dolan would make a dignified exit. Dolan would shed these insufferable shackles. Dolan would fling fish fingers to the four winds and bury baked beans beneath boulders or builder's blocks. In short, Dolan would run away. It was easy. Upstairs quick and get a duffel bag. Stuff it hastily with the following. Toothbrush, toothpaste, soap, towel. Spare socks, spare undies, chunky sweater, crumbs. It was nearly full already. Back downstairs now, add a small pair of scissors, some string, tin of plasters, tube of glue, notebook and pencil, box of matches, a candle, a tin opener. Hmm, no more room. Into the hall and into a raincoat. Back to the kitchen and cram into the pockets one small tin of corned beef. One tin pears, one tin evaporated milk, some tomatoes, an apple. Pity no room for that large, huge, crusty roll. Oh yes, bung it down the front of the cardigan. And we're off. No, wait, back to the kitchen. Knife, fork, spoon. Fit them in somewhere. So, this was it then. Goodbye mum. Goodbye dad. Goodbye fish fingers. Goodbye beans. ta our teeth. Mum's teeth smiled uncomprehendingly back as Dolan quietly closed the front door and was free. One bus ran about every two hours or so through the village and onto the big city about 25 miles away. It was still bright and sunny on an early summer's evening when the big blue double-decker pulled in. Where to? said the conductor. Uh, As far as you're going, answered Dolan, holding out change. The conductor rolled out a ticket and handed it to Dolan. The conductor eyed Dolan. Dolan eyed the conductor. Aye, aye, muttered the conductor and continued down the bus. Dolan settled back to enjoy the ride. This was better than the school bus. Well, it was going in a different direction for one thing, and no screaming kids for another. Dolan, rocked by the soothing motion of the big blue bus, sank back into a daydream. A daydream that was full of food, enormous jammy donuts, cram full of cream, roast beef and potatoes, with bright green Brussels sprouts. Jellies of every shape and colour, smothered in thick yellow custard, succulent pork with crackling and apple sauce, moist chunks of Christmas cake layered with marzipan and hard sweet white icing, and perhaps a couple of glacé cherries. Steaming, meaty-smelling steak and kidney pudding with dumplings, (whistles) went Dolan's empty stomach. But this was not what woke Dolan up. Come on, come on, cried the conductor, shaking Dolan's shoulder. ''You can't kip here.'' ''Ugh, where are we?'' said Dolan. Ten miles out of town, son,'' replied the conductor. ''We've broken down. There'll be another bus along in about an hour, I should think. We're up depot.'' ''Broken down?'' ''Ugh.'' Dolan looked out of the window. It was still quite bright. Although the sun was dipping towards the western horizon... Sighing, Dolan checked the safety of the crusty bun in its cardigan hidey-hole, picked up the duffel bag, stepped down from the big blue bus and set off down the road. Here, hold off a minute, bellowed the conductor. Fearing the voice of authority and remembering the undeserved punishment by teacher earlier that day, Dolan began to run. So did the conductor, who was of course much bigger than Dolan and so gained easily on him. Very soon a hefty hand fell on Dolan's shoulder and they both came to an untidy stop. <laughs> if, son, puffed the conductor, you intended to breeze off on your own, it is my duty, as bus company's liable, to give you a refund on ticket. Here you are. And so saying, the conductor, still breathing heavily, thrust some coins into Dolan's sweating palm. And best at luck mate he continued thanks mate said Dolan (sighs) muttered the conductor turning his back the sun was about to set and Dolan's feet were getting sore a place to sleep would have to be found Dolan had turned off the main road and was heading along a narrow lane towards a dark green wood, which seemed to offer shelter for the night. Donan's ears caught the musical tinkle of a tiny stream, and at the same time a most delicious aroma made itself known. Through a gap in the hedgerow, Donan saw a of blue wood smoke curling up from behind a clump of bushes in a dip in the grassy meadow below. A sudden rustle in the bushes... A bright red corduroy hat, decked with multicoloured feathers. A twinkling blue eye, only one. A shiny yellow tooth, again, only one. A bristly white spiked beard, a great roar. Aha, me child, just in time for dinner. The places are set, the choicest wine is even now cooling, and as fine a fish as was ever stolen for the Lord's own table... Awaits our eager appetites. Dolan hesitated. When Dad and Mum had still cared, and talked to Dolan, they'd often issued stern warnings about the dangers of accepting things from strangers. And this was definitely a stranger. Quite right to me child. Again roared the bearded one, as if reading Dolan's thoughts. But I couldn't harm ye, even if I had a mind to, which I haven't and with a curious bobbing gait, he emerged from behind the bushes. Dolan stood transfixed, amazed by the sight. The man, who was not young, supported himself with a gnarled wooden crutch, held firmly by his right arm. He had no left arm. His left leg was encased as far as the knee in a remarkably shiny tan leather boot. The right leg of his ancient corduroy trousers hung pinned back and empty. He seemed to have only one of everything. Come now, me child, and have your dinner for tomorrow. We goes to the moon.